Welcome back, everyone, to Tales from the Orc Den. We're going a little bit different for the next couple of episodes. There's just been so many interesting things the three of us have been talking about on Discord, and we're finally bringing our listeners in on the interesting goodness. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. Today, we're going to start talking about anthologies. And I'm going to lead a discussion just to lay the groundwork. What the hell are anthologies? Why you, as definitely a monster fucker out there, should be reading anthologies. <laughs> and yeah, and, and we're also going to be talking about some of our favorite stories from those anthologies that you can get now because they're standalone books. And most of the time they've been extended, which is even better. Yes. yes. So I'm going to start with a really basic question. I'm going to ask it to both you, you, Amy, and Stacy. So what are the primary benefits for indie authors to contribute to anthologies? And like, why should an indie author join an anthology? Can I actually define what an anthology is versus, say, a story of collection, a collection of stories? Ooh, that's a I good question. I love that you raised question. your hand, Amy. Like, I, that's great. <laughs> Another reason why I would love to stream this one day. Anyway. No. Oh, God, no. no. <laughs> with avatars. With avatars. Okay, yes, avatars when we do. Avatars is fine. But anyways, so the difference between an anthology and a collection, a uh, story collection, is basically an anthology is a collection of short stories that have been written by multiple different authors. Um, whereas a story collection is usually all written by one author. Sometimes the term anthology is used interchangeably between the two, but really anthologies are for multiple authors versus story collection. This, is, this has to do with library stuff because story collections tend to be shelved within the fiction section, whereas anthologies are in nonfiction because you have multiple authors there. Indeed. Really? Even if it's a fictional anthology? Correct. Oh, that's weird. I like to think that one day we're going to get more indie authors, including spicy indie authors, in more libraries. So this is relevant, hopefully, yes. for the future. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyways, going on to the primary benefits for author, for especially indie authors who contribute to <laughs> anthologies, I think for up-and-coming authors, it's a great way to get paired with better-known authors to where... People who are familiar with those veteran authors will, of course, buy this, the, the the anthologies for them. But then also, oh, I'll try I'll try some of these authors here too and see how I like their writing style. I might find an author that I like, which is actually what happened. Sure, oh, yeah. I bought the book. I may as well sample the the offerings. It is pretty much in what would you call it? Not a proof. I it's like an appetizer, a sampler. Oh, yeah, it is an appetizer. Is, yeah. What, it is, it's a collection of appetizers for you right. to sample to see what you like. One of those chocolate boxes mm -hmm. with the variety mm -hmm. of little truffles and such. And I know that I love the coconut, but I've never tried sherry nougat. <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm throwing both, out some like random kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, probably <laughs> terrible examples, but you know what? I'll I eat the coconut, but you're asking Keith the cherry nougat. Gross. <laughs> No, and I absolutely agree. I, I think if an author, if you as an author can get in there, get into a good anthology fit, you don't just network with other readers of your niche. You also 
get to engage with their readers, probably their engaged Uh readers too, Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. I feel like still in some ways, anthologies, they're not something that new people new to the indie scene quite see, especially because most anthologies are going to be limited run. Correct. That's Mm -hmm. a big reason why a lot of authors will publish these standalones later. Mm-hmm. And so you only come across them when they are actively out for a couple of months and they mm-hmm. go away. And I think that's, I think once you get that good fit, you get their engaged readers who know what they're about. They know that they like this genre. They know that they like these re- authors. They probably now like you too. And now you have these engaged readers as well. Hi, I'm an engaged reader. This is one of the reasons why I know I get to build up. <laughs> My favorite author list every single time I read an anthology. Same. Same. I live for that. I live for finding new authors and also picking out the stories that I love most from anthologies. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think another frankly nice thing is you get paid to do this too. Mm -hmm. This is in some ways, if you can get an anthology on, I feel like financially it's a lot more sustainable than doing like a free book giveaway or BookBub, as awesome as those tools are to promote yourself, at least in this situation, the industry standard in indies, it seems, thankfully, is that you get paid. Mm -hmm. Everyone gets Mm -hmm. paid for the stories that they get published, and you get to retain those rights. So later Mm -hmm. on, especially if you noticed, hey, people who read this anthology, they seem to really like my story. You should use that as an opportunity then to publish that baby later on as a standalone. (laughs) The other thing that's cool is that a lot of times the anthologies are for a specific cause. Oh, that's like I know the Pets in Space anthology does stuff for rescues and shelters. I know they did one fairly recently. They've done one for a couple of them for Ukraine when that whole thing started and then i don't remember what the i know the month yeah one for maui i know the the monsters in love is for something but i can't remember what it is monsters in love one that's for maui i believe i want to is it are they just doing because the first because we're on what number four for the monster they've been doing so i they keep on stacking them up i appreciate it yeah i know i know one through three were for other things Yeah. yeah I think like some other... might have been from Maui, Stacey. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, because that's the the merman or, or, or creatures from the ocean one. Yeah, uh, as yeah, Jay Sanders yeah. has, yeah. has a really good uh, story in that. But the other thing that that's cool about it too is they've done stuff for gay pride because indie is where you can find stuff like LGBTQ romance. You can find mm-hmm. polyamory. You can find non-binary. In fact, the book I'm going to talk about later has a it, it's a human female with a non-binary alien. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I like about it is that it's not segregated. It would be if this was back in the days of having to go to Walden Books or Barnes and Noble to get your book fix. A, you wouldn't be able to find LGBTQ plus romance. It just wouldn't be there. Mm-mm. But everything would be like so segregated that it would have its own little section and you think okay I'm not LGBTQ so there's no reason for me to even look in this section and you could be missing out on like your next favorite author whereas with the indie anthologies it's yeah you could have a gay couple in this one you could have a straight couple in this one you could have but basically it's like a true sampler basically where you get to try everything and see what's Mm. to your taste versus you get to try the sampler of things that we think will be to your tastes 
right. versus you actually trying a broad cross-section, if that makes and sense. I think you're really touching on why it's a good idea for you all as readers to actively search out and buy anthologies. You're, for real, I, yeah. A good anthology is going to have that mix of authors that you probably already know of, your S.J. Sanders, your C.M. Nescostas. Yeah, Honey Phillips. Yeah. Ruby Dixon's done a couple of them because I know that she just recently released the story that she wrote for oh, one of yeah, the, yeah. The, the queer love anthologies. So, the, but the then, one like, She's Shy, I think it's called. Yeah, When She's Shy. And you then you're going to find some really cool stuff. I know there are some queer romances that I would have thought are mostly done by straight. It's probably not my space. But if a queer romance already happens to be an anthology that I'm already reading, yeah, let's try yeah. it out. What have we got mm-hmm. to lose? I'll do a twirl. Yeah. And bes- it, besides, it's all, they tend to be on the shorter side. So you got a short story, mm-hmm. you get a mm-hmm. taste, you don't have to eat a whole meal. And mm-hmm. if you right. like the if taste, you don't like then, it, it'll yeah, be over soon. That's fine. Yeah. And, you, yeah. and if y'all do like it, then you can get the whole meal. And mm. the price point's kind of freaking awesome because those anthologies mm-hmm. tend to cost as much as a one book, but you get so much more out of it. Or a lot yeah. of times too, another reason to keep your eyes open though is a lot of them will do, if you pre-order, you'll get it for 99 cents. Oh yeah. yeah. Or 2.99, yeah. but then Definitely. if you don't, it goes back up to 5.99 or something like that. If you get I think it on, 7.99 on is e-books. the biggest I've seen for an anthology. Yeah. But then again, they're huge Books. Oh yeah. yeah. They're giant. Yeah, you're getting a thousand plus pages. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. getting like a proper volume mm-hmm. of yeah. stories. Yes. <laughs> like, For real. And one thing that I've noticed that people are doing now, which I really appreciate, which they didn't do back when Monsters in Love One was released, and I'm glad that it seems to be catching on now, is that at the beginning of each story, they'll give you the basic this is male female, this is male female with sword crossing. This is polyamory this is this is that and I like that because for me I don't reverse harem and it's nothing against reverse harem it's just not my flavor and Mm -hmm. so it's nice if I'm looking at something and it says oh this is going to be a reverse harem with multiple partners then I'm like okay it's not for me so I might come back and read it later if I'm feeling in the mood or I can just give it a miss because I really fucking hate it when I get invested in a story and then it goes in a direction that I didn't like and that I wasn't warned, so I feel like somebody tried to pull the rug out from underneath me. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, that that's makes fair. sense. I agree. I do think that content warnings and trigger warnings. And um, con- yes, and that too is also catching being, on, which I also they're, appreciate. They're being, a lot, they're being used a lot more nowadays, which I find is a benefit because oh, yes. you're, the readers are being made aware right from the get-go what they're in for. So they can either skip it or return if it is a novel or whatever they can return it and eh, this really isn't mm-hmm. for me yeah but the other thing well, with, with regards to the shortness of it that's also a benefit to the author because they don't have to invest as much time as they would right. in the short story they do vary in size in these like i said though the volumes vary in size they are huge and you've got 10 authors in a 900 page ebook right. each of them gets roughly 90 to 100 pages sometimes some it depends though sometimes sometimes some will write more yeah because i know that i've read somewhere it's holy shit that was like 120 pages one thing i will say to piggyback on the trigger warning thing a thing that i've seen more and more artists lean into and i wish they wouldn't is when they'll say for a complete list of trigger warnings check my web page and it's like no yeah i'm not gonna do that i don't like that 
please don't make people do the extra steps. Exactly. Because the simple truth of the matter is, I'm not going to. Y'all, it's a couple of bites. I'm not going to. That's the long and the short of it is, I'm not going to go. You want me to read your book, so I'm not going to go out of my way to do additional homework to Mm -hmm. read your book, which I may or may not enjoy. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If if the the ones who especially truly need trigger warnings, I happen to be. I happen to not need trigger warnings as much as other folks so it's really no big deal for me to just like but I like having them there for other readers because Mm -hmm. I'm not the only one reading these books exactly there are some people who desperately need those trigger warnings and I'm over here happy to be like yeah accommodate the shit out of them it's not Mm -hmm. that big of a deal yeah exactly and that's just it it's if this is like somebody who like okay I'm just gonna do a super duper broad Example, let's say I'm a, a person who's gotten out of an abusive relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And I need, and maybe reading romance is like my comfort read. Mm-hmm. And I find something that seems interesting and the author hasn't explained their trigger warning exceptionally well. And then I go in and it turns out the book is very similar to the situation that I just got myself out of. That's a dick move when yeah. all it takes is for you to go, hey, heads up, this is a dark romance. Or, hey, heads up, there's there's talk of maybe they're the one of the main characters is sexually assaulted. Maybe there's mm. talk of a miscarriage. There's a lot of shit or even pet death. If you're going to kill an animal in a book, fucking mm. warn me. Yes, please warn. So that way I'm prepared. Oh, yeah. It's same, right? Yeah. I don't. And so it's just, it's that kind of shit. And I really like, too, a lot of authors are really great about it where they'll be like, mention of past sexual abuse does not happen to the character on page. Mm-hmm. And so it's nice because for people who do have these more extreme triggers essentially it's nice for them to know they can wait it and decide is this worth me waiting in or is maybe it just for the best that i i give this one a miss Mm -hmm. and so the whole go to my webpage to check it out just means you're dicking yourself out of readers basically yeah Yeah, it's a pity i'm sure it comes out of a a good place but i would recommend pivot pivot. don't worry about boring us save the pithiness for your plot not the warning exactly right (laughs) be verbose in your warnings in fact yeah anybody who's gonna get pissed at you because you take the time to actually put thought into your warnings isn't somebody you want as a reader anyway seriously not if they're gonna bitch about warnings they're gonna bitch about something else too no exactly and it's going to be stupid stuff anyway yeah get into that in another episode seriously I'm actually, I'd like to touch on the, Amy, you'd mentioned the story collections versus anthologies. Mm-hmm. Um, before we moved move on, I want to talk about those a little bit more. I, I'm curious about your two, both your thoughts on why an author would do a story collection versus an anthology. Because I'm under the impression story collections are more of a established author thing you've got a bunch of these popular authors that are coming together they're doing a similar world thing uh, a similar trope thing mm. uh, like right now i'm reading a bunch of orc stories um where it's all orcs and it's all the arranged like marriage of convenience trope gotcha mm-hmm. what um, uh, i want to know what book series that is bt dub it's monster brides and monster i came Bride. into it because tracy lauren is has a book in it and i liked her tamed by the troll book Mm -hmm. and like the rest Mm -hmm. of her perished wood series and there was a secondary (laughs) character in it named aaron who is an orc and i wanted to know what the hell happened to him 
And so I went down a rabbit hole because she featured his story in this story collection. And I was like, ah, to hell with it. I'm going to see what other stories I like from this mm. series. So I just bought them all. And now I've been going through all of them. Happy I think October I've read, to me. <laughs> I think I've read a couple of these. I'm pretty sure I read Owned by the Orc by Raina Marks. Oh, maybe not, though. This is saying Childhood Sweetheart. I think I'm getting this confused with something else. I love that there's other connections between them. I've come across at least two books in that series that have at least two of them have curly haired redheads for Mm -hmm. the female main character. And there are two other books that have a female main character whose name is Violet. Oh, that's cute. (laughs) I kind of love it. I'm like, I don't think you all did this on purpose. I suspect not anyway, but I don't hate it. I think this is hilarious. Yeah. Um, I I think when it comes to the collections of short stories by the same author, oftentimes I want to say that they're usually tales that take place in this, in a similar world or realm. Right. Um, There's a Monster Ball series, which... I suspect if there's any readers who are like familiar with what the hell we're talking about when we say story collection, it's probably going to be like that monster Regency series. Oh, like with the Monsters Ball, that's only multiple again, multiple authors writing for this in, within the same world. Yeah, um, that's just a shared universe. That's not a yeah, story collection. But a short story oh, collection okay. is actually written all by the same author. Oh, Liam Riley's sorry, monster or Stephen King anthology. Yeah, ah, uh, yeah. Stephen King releases up anytime he does like Four Past Midnight or Different Seasons or uh, All Dark No Stars. Those are all Stephen King short story compilations. Oh, Leon Riley. I know mm-hmm. she she's done a short story collection. That's all in yeah. one book. Yeah, uh, though she does LB call Lane it an anthology, which is interesting. Yeah, that was an well, interesting. She but she, but she, yeah, like I said, it's used interchangeably. The term mm-hmm. anthology is used interchangeably, but How in the li- in the library world, her anthology of just her stories would be in the fiction section, not in the nonfiction. Absolutely right. fascinating. L- uh, uh, LV Lane, I know, released a little story collection with the last big stuff your kindle day where it was like three or four of her short stories all Mm -hmm. gathered together yeah usually they are also shorter like the collection of short stories is shorter like you'll get like maybe four three or four stories or maybe Mm -hmm. six or something like that unless it's stephen king and then you'll get 18 we're not talking about (laughs) <laughs> that, that man we're talking about i just about don't i just authors. don't want somebody to go and read a stephen king short and be like i was lying to you i'm just that, like that's you fair. clearly never read stephen king before <laughs> i'm trying to think would there be a proper word for then those series of stories that are they're clearly shared they're definitely on amazon you can see they are advertised as a series but they have completely different authors i'm trying yeah, to think it's Is there a shared world Shared universe. Yeah, shared, shared, shared universe. World, shared universe. Shared universe. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Interesting. I obviously I don't hate it. I absolutely love it. Uh, I think it's very clever, actually. The well, networking there's some really fucking alone. Good ones out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you get to have them longer than anthologies because mm-hmm. everyone is yeah. selling them separately anyway. Yeah. Which, from what I understand, that's a big reason why anthologies tend to be limited runs when they're 
sold all in one missive because you have to have one person who's like handling all the finances. And if you have them do that indefinitely, it's insane. Yeah, that's not sustainable. So actually, I think it's better that they've hacked it in a way to be like, oh, no, these are limited edition. And then you get a wee taste and then you get to have a big meal if you like it a whole Mm -hmm. lot. And I love that. It's smart for the it's smart for the writer, too, because it's like it's basically when like they don't indefinitely lose rights to their story. Like, I think technically you Mm -hmm. surrender your rights for a year or something like that. Yeah, Yeah. Um, it's temporary exactly you get the rights back and then the story is yours to do whatever the hell you want with it which is whereas before in the before self-publishing like the what's the word i'm looking for the taboo on that before that was what everybody finally got the fuck over it because back in the day like, if you self-publish something that was the kiss of death it didn't matter mm-hmm. if you had written harry yeah. potter nobody's gonna create touch space you. what but <laughs> huh oh yeah exactly right create space what? Uh, exactly like back in the days of because like i used to buy like like romance like oh a christmas romance anthology or something like that and it was like there'd be like the seeds of these really fucking great ideas and then nothing would ever come of it because publishers own the fucking rights to the short story that you wrote indefinitely Mm -hmm. and so because of that there really wasn't incentive to put work into a shared universe can you imagine trying to do a shared universe shit thing with fucking simon and schuster or penguin Oh no. God! No. They get in their own ways. Fuck. Yes, yeah, because yeah. they want to make those. They want to make bank. Exactly. They don't give a right. flying fuck if it's about the well-being of the author, the well-being of the writers, or, mm. or the readers. That all they give a, a fuck about is their bottom line. And now mm. they fuck themselves when it comes to DRM yep. stuff, and they deserved it. They deserved and it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Every time mm-hmm. I hear of a some monolith in publishing going tits up. Yeah. There we go. Stock, don't it? <laughs> I need to look and see. Who published Wolfsbane and Mistletoe? Because that's one of my first examples of one, an anthology, and two, monster romance anthology. Granted, I'm sure most of the werewolves were shifted into their human forms or whatever. Of course. But it still counts. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. For sure. I don't think I've had that. I don't think I read that. I have Stardust and Mistletoe, which I'm going to guess mm-hmm. is in the same group. And that one, because that one was specifically alien romance. I don't know because they had that one and then they also had a vampire collection, honeymoon, something or other. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But honestly, yeah. the Wolfsbane and Mistletoe was, it had some really fascinating stories in it, including one that had Black Peter of all people. Interesting. Oh, cool. Really? Yes. And I wonder how one might take Black Peter and possibly make him sexy when there's so much weird. Oh, no, no, no. Shit. He wasn't, no, he wasn't oh. the, the he was not the protagonist. The protagonist oh, was actually God. a werewolf. But he was trying to One tempt the... the werewolf into being bad. I love oh, how there's gotcha. so much about Scandinavian culture that me as an American, I'm like, wow, how progressive. And then I remember Black Peter's from there. And I'm right. like, oh, oh shit. I <laughs> Never forget. mind. We're gonna walk that back. Yeah. yeah. We're all human at the mm-hmm. end of the day, after all. Yes, we are. Yeah, I'm not judging anybody on something that their ancestors did 800 years ago. Yeah, but no. I will judge you for continuing it. Yeah, that is 100%. Yeah. Yes. Oh, man. But don't get me wrong. I'm not criticizing that they made Krampus hot. Krampus is hot at the end. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that is true. With the exception uh, of, never mind. Oh, fair enough. What? Are you talking about the movie? No, I'm talking, no, I'm talking about a short story that I could not read because of the tri- the content warnings. This is totally out of my wheelhouse. Thank you so oh, much. I'm glad people oh, are enjoying fair. it. Okay, hey, content warnings doing their job. <laughs> Text me the title. I want to know if I read it. 
Oh, I'm sure you have. Probably. I am a pervert. Actually, one of these anthologies is the reason why I read my first, the idea of a wolf shifter who's the the hero in, it was, in fact, I think it might have been in, in Stardust and Mistletoe, mm-hmm. uh, or Starlight and Mistletoe, where a human woman somehow gets pulled into this alternative reality where, and it's the world where this these wolf humanoids live. And and at first I was, is this bestiality? And then I was like, no, it's, he's sentient. It's fine. If he's sentient, I don't give a shit if he looks just like a coconut crab. If he's sentient, it's not bestiality. Uh, I'll tempt me there. But then it's turned into this whole thing where they, then they get pulled into this alternate land where it's always Christmas. Okay. Oh, wow. And the reason why Krampus did it is because he was looking for a bride. And then, oh, okay. The the main character is just, I'm happy with him. And she goes, But my aunt is like Christmas crazy and single. And so Krampus ends up marrying her aunt. And then they all live in the Christmas castle. And it's really, it was actually, it was super fucking as I'm reading it because I was fairly new to monster fucking, (laughs) or at least identifying as a monster fucker. And, And so as I'm reading it, I'm just like, This is so fucking weird. But I fucking love it. I love the idea of someone's Christmas crazy aunt finding her true love through this clearly over-engineered plot. There's something really sweet about this. I'm like, I can do something Christmas crazy aunt. Come on, man. (laughs) Or hook me up with the spirit of Halloween. I'm Halloween crazy. We can make this work. We can do this. I'm someone's aunt. I'm single. Woo. <laughs> oh goodness but at the same time like there's no way in hell indie publishing that that ever would have happened with indie publish or, or traditional yeah. publishing yeah publishing yeah it is like, rare no chances although yeah. i want to say they're getting a bit more open at least the small i want to say the, the subsidiaries of big publishers are willing to take more chances like you've got kimberly lemming's need mishaps getting published through orbit which is of yeah. course okay um yeah but they're only doing it because it's a survival mechanism they wouldn't have done this without their hand being forced for sure for sure and but that's Mm -hmm. fine whatever i as long as our author gets her money i'm cool with it same but i also don't want those motherfuckers to own the rights to her stories either i don't want that either but there is production and works hopefully for either a tv series or a film i'm not sure i'm hoping for a tv series because then we have a lot more that would be a lot more fun yeah. frankly yeah Pretty much. Mm-hmm. i don't know i'm skeptical yeah mm-hmm. so clearly we have our favorites and so i i have asked us all to prepare today a wee bit of a book report of sorts and then i have discussion questions so we can dive into our favorites so rather than obsess over a singular author with a singular series like we usually do which is still fun and we totally will probably come back especially because as we record i have a copy of fall of york and so we're going to have to record on that eventually um Mm. but for now we're going to be talking about these standalones 